Hello everyone, today I will be continuing my podcast on the Celestian War. I'm sorry about the whole Pomeranian War thing, I will actually not be able to do that one until I finish this series. I did not realize how long covering the Celestian War would take, as it is a very complex war. So, let's get started. When I last left off, I believe it was, I was in the winter time, but just to be just in case I like to avoid skipping anything, I'm going to kind of retrace my steps a bit. That way we don't have any issues with me missing a gap of knowledge. So let me see. We covered the siege, the major battles. Where do we get to? Up, oh, I think I think I figured it out. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to start from here. This might be a little bit like recovering the same stuff as last time, but I'm going to do it. So, basically, there was a very big victory in Saxony, which helped secure their control. After this, they would the Austrians would win another victory. Frederick would pull off this super big march to try to reclaim some territories, and he would kind of control Saxony again, and he would kind of drive them back to Bohemia. There would be some winter stuff and the way this works, they did some general changing, and by this point, the Prussians were like, okay, we'll negotiate if they want to, but the Queen of Austria didn't want to negotiate because she wanted to reclaim Silesia. And so basically, also, Prussia kind of exhausted its treasury. Funding wars were expensive, as I said before, and they were kind of doing these new taxes and stuff to help fund the war. Soon, he used this, like, time, this brief delay to send his extra sources into Swedish Pomerania once again to, like, drive them back. I will probably cover that during my series on the, my podcast on the Swedish Pomeranian War. And another man would also launch a series of assaults, the, um, man commando of Hanover's army, actually. Um, I believe his name was Prince Ferdinand. For the thing, Ferdinand is a lot of people's names, so don't get confused when I mention several Ferdinands. They're usually different people, and if not, I will clarify that that is the same person. So, the general and the Prussian general in Hanover, sorry, uh, brain fart, would launch another few attacks against the French, who are currently occupying Hanover, and he would drive them back. This would kind of secure their western flank for the, for the good duration of the war. Next, there would be a series of battles in the area known as Moravia. But, like, right after winter, the Russians would invade eastern Prussia. Frederick would actually abandon this province because he decided that this area was strategically expendable and there weren't enough troops there to them to try to fight back. And he thought it would be better just to force them, the Austrians, into a treaty or bring them to the table rather than divert troops and resources. So he just kept focusing on Silesia. He's trying to bring them into a treaty. France would soon kind of reduce its commitment, so we kind of step down. I think, though, during this period, like, while the Prussians were kind of gradually forcing the French out, there would be a lot of issues between um the Prussians and British over their f- terms of their alliance. The work is, Prussia wanted more British involvement. They wanted troops... They wanted naval squadrons to support them. However, Britain insisted on like keeping their resources and saving what they had for the wider global war, and as opposed to the more localized European war. So Prussia was kind of getting the, sh- the bad end of the stick, I would say, here. 
because they were kind of in a scenario where they had to fight an entire European war without aid from their ally, so their ally could protect their colonies, while Prussia did all the work of protecting their ally, which is not that good. But they would actually soon kind of formalize this alliance. For this, it was kind of like, not like, there wasn't a necessary treaty, but they created something called the Anglo-Prussian Convention. They promised to give them some cash, and they did send a, a few troops to help to help the um, Prince Ferdinand, who was in Germany at this point. And at this point, for... Frederick decided to invade the province of Moravia, and he t decided to seize the city called Olmutz, which he had planned to do earlier when he conquered Silesia and drove the, I means finished driving them out. He already kind of conquered Silesia. But first, a place called, Squ I think it's pronounced Squidenit. It's hard to pronounce, sorry. Not very good at those types of names. But this was kind of like the last Austrian province in Silesia. It surrendered. And soon enough, he would invade Moravia and he would besiege the city. Thing was, the city was actually pretty well prepared for the war. It had some good defenses up and running. But eventually, he's kind of just started harassing supply lines. So he would kind of try to affect the ways in which they got food and resources into the city. But another issue with that was that the Prussians were also running low on supplies. And soon, an Austrian force would actually destroy a massive supply convoy at a battle that was pretty important. This battle was called Domstadt, Domstadt, Domstadl, I think it's pronounced. It's been, it's like um, D-O-M-S-A-D-T-L, I believe. I don't remember exactly how to spell it, but something like that. And it kind of sounds like Domstadl. Basically, they would destroy the supplies, and this forced the Prussians to retreat once again back into Silesia. But the Prussians kind of started to fortify what they, their gains of Saxony and Silesia. But Frederick would lead an army northward because at this point, the Russians did not stop advancing. Once they got to East Prussia, they kept going in. And now they were in a place called Brandenburg, which was a important, or more strategically important than East Prussia, which he could afford to lose. He couldn't really afford to lose this one. They would actually burn a city known as Kustrin, and the guys who'd previously been doing sieges and stuff joined Frederick's forces. They fought them at a battle, the Russians at a battle called Zorndorf. Yeah, it's Zorndorf. That's how it's pronounced, I believe. Basically, this battle would see really big casualties on both sides, but the Russians would withdrew. So Frederick's like, this is a victory for me. Then he kind of went back to Saxony to keep fighting, try to hold it. They would see a series of just small engagements against the Austrian forces, but there wouldn't be really any decisive major conflicts. However, there would be a, made, a major Prussian battle in the other place called Hochkirch. Hochkirch, it's pronounced something like that. I don't remember exactly how to pronounce it. This would be a pretty big victory on the Austrian part because he would overwhelm the Prussian forces. They would abandon a lot of artillery and supplies. And they would kill one of Frederick's general allied general peoples. His name was Keith, I believe. And but on the bright side, though, this wasn't the end for the Prussians. On at least on their bright side, not on like the bright side, the Prussians would still kind of keep organized. When they were treated, they wouldn't. They was they stayed together in like a cohesive unit, and they would regroup. During this time, there was another siege going on at a place called Nice. Which is also in Celestia. So I think don't know about this war. There were definitely periods when they were leaving Celestia, but because like the way Celestia, it's it's a pretty big stretch of land. They couldn't really guard it all of it. So 
Austrians kept getting into Austrian forces and armies would keep entering Silesia while they were fighting campaigns in other locations. So there were definitely a, it's not like Silesia was like a completely secured fortified province. There were gaps the Austrians could get in when they tried hard enough. They successfully broke said siege, and they would kind of just move back westward to start protecting themselves. However, the Austrians would soon retreat. Another thing to note during this time, because the after the Russians lost their defeat, they would pull back to their areas, and no, they would kind of stop assaulting and attacking for a while. However, just part of like their offensive, they had to these Prussians had to withdraw forces from Swedish Pomerania. Which led to another assault in advance. They actually advanced rather successfully for a while. However, they progressed. They did progress far, pretty far, but they did not progress far enough to link up with other forces on either the Russians or Austrians. So they ended up falling back. The reason they would fall back is during their advance. So they did advance pretty far, but they managed to link up with any other allies. So they kind of fell back to a position where they felt safer, where they could get supplies because they didn't have access to the supplies that they thought their allies could bring to them or that they could get. And despite like the victory that the the pretty crushing victory the Austrians saw earlier, they did not make any more strategic major strategic progress in the Saxony province and they could not retake the city of Dresden, which had been previously conquered by the Prussians. They would withdraw back into the Bohemian area for for the winter because winter was coming once again. While the army of the Prussians, which had seen some pretty big losses because of Hawk's courage, would kind of try to rebuild. A thing to note, this battle, so, would kind of be fought along three major provinces. Saxony, Silesia, and Bohemia. Well, this would work. Silesia and Saxony were like the battlegrounds, and Bohemia was a place that was more along the lines of... Okay, so, Prussia would have some control over both Saxony and Silesia. However, those positions would be constantly attacked... And Bohemia would be still attacked by the Prussians, but the Austrians had... I would I would argue that the Austrians had more of a firmer control over it because the Prussians had already kind of conquered quite a bit of land and they didn't have, like, tons of resources to keep going while the Prussians kind of could consolidate their forces into this area because it was along their main front, which kind of gave them the advantage in defenses. Soon, there would be an issue, like... And the Russians still had an army in Pol- the Polish area, like Western Poland. And they were, they were like, there was a danger that they could unite with the Austrians, which would be bad because then they could get a much larger force together. So Frederick would lead his main army to keep this from happening. However, he left his younger brother, Prince Henry. And the fact there were a lot of people named Henry of various nationalities throughout Europe in historical events. Henry the Navigator. So I will also try to clarify, like, when I, I'm, I'm like a general rule. As a general rule, I will try to clarify when I'm talking about a certain historical figure as compared to another one with the same name. I feel like that's just a good rule in general. I will adopt that from now on if I have any scenarios like that. His brother would actually win a series of small battles. His brother was, his job was kind of just to harass the Bohemian provinces, make the winter harder for them. He would actually win a battle called Peter's Walls, and he would launch his whole Bohemian, com, like the whole like Bohemian incursion. He would launch a series of battles. He would destroy actually a good series of munitions magazines. He would destroy ammunition dumps, supplies. Before he would retreat, he would see some. He would also do a good amount of casualties. He would get some 
captured people too. It was just generally pretty good for him. He stole a lot of victories. However, during the same period, the Russians continued to advance into like this area that they were going into. They would actually win a, their, a battle against a defending Prussian army. And they would continue to advance towards the Oder River, which is a kind of a... I don't know, I can't remember if it's a ro river. Uh, yep, it is a river. Sorry. Brain fart. I don't know why I really thought it was in, like, city for something for a reason, for a minute. But then I realized, oh, wait, it's a river. That's right. Basically, they kept advancing there, which kind of forced Frederick's head north. To get ready to face him. And he would try to like. Reinforce. The army. He tried to like. Back up and get his. His forces into contact with the defeated army. To kind of bolster them. And get them ready to defend. Saltikov. I believe that was the. Direction of mine. One quick fact. The Russian commander's name was like. Saltikov. It's hard to pronounce. But it's kind of spelled like Saltikov. So I'm going to pronounce it Saltikov. He would actually occupy a city on the Oder River, where he would actually get some a good amount of Austrian reinforcements. At this point, they were pretty close to Berlin, which was a, which even back then was kind of a big city, and he Frederick did not want them to get there. They were like fifty, I would say, like between fifty and like sixty miles, this give or take a few miles, but they were close enough to get there in a few days. He would actually fight a battle called Kunsdorf. The Battle of Kunsdorf, sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, Kunsdorf. It's either Kunsdorf or Kunersdorf. Once again, I am not very good at pronunciation of many of these Eastern European or these... A lot of these European battles, I've struggled to pronounce their names just because I only speak English and a very small amount of Spanish. So my, like, linguistic and just, like, language abilities are not very good when it comes to, like, these European names a lot of times. Sorry about that. This battle at Kunersdorf, I believe, I'll just go with Kunersdorf, was actually a pretty big defeat for the Prussians and a huge victory for the Austrians. This kind of cleared the battle for them, this kind of cleared the way for them to go all the way to Berlin. Frederick kind of, at this point, Frederick actually thought that he could lose the war, that the war was lost, however. The Russians would see a lot of casualties at this battle. It was a pretty heavy losses. And as a result, they would flee temporarily. No, they wouldn't flee. The Russians kind of wanted... There was a disagreement. The Austrians wanted to keep advancing, but the Russians wanted to stay back and defend a bit more. So the Russians also had a kind of a weaker supply lines. And what Henry was doing also kind of helped in play into this because he was also weakening the Austrian supply lines. So they would actually withdraw back into a different province. And this would be called... The Miracle of the House of Brandenburg. The reason it was called this is because it was basically a miracle, and it kind of kept the empire from collapsing. This is about to be a very long podcast. I'm sorry about the length, but I'm not. I'm gonna try to knock it all out now, so I can work on the Pomeranian War next. Soon enough, the Austrians would go from Bohemia back into Saxony, and they would see a lot of initial successes because Frederick had to like empty out a lot of troops to help fight at Kunersdorf. But because of the loss, a lot of them did not return to the war. Or they didn't, they, some of them died and they could not return to fighting. So they saw some initial victories, conquered a good amount of the province. They conquered most of the province and they actually got sacked. They reconquered Dresden. Prince Henry would march once again. 
while another general would defeat a larger Austrian force, which was helpful once again. And the one of the leaders of the Austrians would send a force into Saxony once again to help kind of, like, reinforce it, secure it better. However, Prince Henry would actually successfully def- destroy the force. He wouldn't just defeat them. He would almost, he would do, like, enough damage. He would capture most of them to the point where they were not an effective force. This is would lead to Don moving once again into Saxony. The thing that I'm probably sorry about, I'm, actually, I am sorry about, it's probably hard to picture these from my descriptions. These and it would probably be helpful to have a map. However, I don't really have a good map of this conflict. So it would be kind of... If you listen to us, I would advise that you try to find like a map or like a series of maps of the way to kind of give you an idea of these troop maneuvers as I describe them. Instead of just kind of like image, imagine them as it is probably hard to imagine. I'm sorry about that. So basically, he kind of abandoned the Russians or he kind of left them so he could recapture Saxony or like kind of capture it once again. Prussians kept trying to rebuild. However, some of them did harass communication lines. However, Austrian forces would overwhelm and force this group to surrender, which was kind of a pretty big deal. Then the battle, would, the series of conflicts would kind of end at the Battle of Meissen, which is another small victory. So now we see an initial, a new Austrian victory, and soon there would be a new campaign back into Silesia. So. Saxony at this point was kind of under Austrian control, and the Prussians were once again fighting in Silesia. There would be a initial, there would be a series of initial battles in early seventeen sixty, which didn't really have any major conclusions. However, there would be a pretty, he would see a victory against a force led by a pretty big Prussian, like a Prussian general who would actually take as a prisoner, and this would kind of force the Frederick's forces to kind of come to relieve Celestia as it was definitely in danger because of this. However, he would temporarily have to abandon it because he realized that a larger force, the main force of a major Austrian general named Don, was also assaulting Celestia. He would actually abandon Saxony to the siege where he could kind of, um, how would I say, besiege Dresden. He was kind of like a diversion, you know. Try to get them to take it quickly or like kind of divert the Austrians. However, Don managed to force them to lift said siege, which is super helpful. They would also capture a city called Galatz, which was a pretty big deal. And during then, this would be like a new series of conflicts, a series of small little battles against here. Now we would see the Don's forces, which were numerically superior against the forces of Frederick and Henry, Prince Henry. They kind of decided to unite. They wanted to seek. They wanted to unite together and try to fight a decisive engagement. However, Don's plan was basically to destroy or like overwhelm Frederick's forces with overwhelming numbers. They would have these. Um, there would be a small group led by one of um Don's like subordinates that would attack Frederick's position, which would be a Fred a Prussian victory. Actually, happily for the Prussians, of course, which would be good for them. So they kind of defeated this guy who was kind of ahead of them before the Prussians could get there, which kind of disrupted the, um, like, just kind of disrupted their plans and, like, how they were moving, which kind of forced them to retreat once again. And they would kind of move back into Saxony. There would be, like, another group trying to come into Saxony, however, they would kind of push back 
by the Austrian forces. I mean, sorry. The Prussians would push back the Austrians, I'm sorry, who were trying to come back into Saxony from a different direction. There would be a, like a series of small battles in the area of Silesia, while Salty Cobb would still kind of stay in Poland. However, Brandenburg would be undefended because, like, the Prussians would kind of put everything into Saxony and Silesia once again. So a Russians group would quickly, they would kind of advance quickly and they would briefly occupy Berlin, actually. And they would actually, they would, yeah, they would hold Berlin for several days, which, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, Berlin is the capital of Prussia, which is why one of the reasons it was so important to Prussia. They would be kind of forced to retreat, however, because they needed supplies. But the Austrian dude who they met up with would actually move to support Don. And soon enough, Don and Lacey would both fight. I mean, they would both kind of fight a victory. And they would both fight a battle at a place called Torgau, which would be a very horrific battle on both sides. Both sides were weakened greatly. They only lost a few thousand men each. However, back their armies were less than... 20,000 usually at this point. One thing to note, during this time, when people say heavy casualties, the thing that you need to note at these battles is that when they say only like 2,000 casualties, then that's not a small amount, that's only a small amount. The thing is, armies back then were usually under 20,000 people in a lot of these conflicts, which is why it's so massive, because for them, that could be like 20 to 30% of their force. So like, why you think, oh, that's not that bad. You're picturing armies of like, Tens of thousands. Their armies were less than, like, 20,000 usually, which is why these victories are so bad. This is what people would call a pyrrhic victory, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, no, a pyrrhic victory, sorry. Actually, I learned that from Memmin, hilariously enough. And this is kind of a victory that you, wane, that you gain at such a cost that it's not really a victory for you. Because it is a... It's like you've lost so much that the victory didn't really count for much because of how much you have lost in the war. After this... After this period, like, both sides would kind of... Basically, neither side had the forces to get the people to fight another war. In addition, their finances at this point were going very bad. They kind of had to devalue their own currency in Prussia to help sustain the army. The Austrians were also running out of forces. Neither side really had the uh, men or the groups for their a major offensive. At this point, they needed that major offensive to kind of force this war to close. Prussia could only field so many troops, and they didn't. And at this point, they were kind of running out of their veteran soldiers. They kept a lot of them had died before the guys that they had, like the trained soldiers. So they had a lot of raw soldiers on both sides, which is not a good thing. And supplies were also running. Both sides were definitely suffering. In addition to this cooperation between the Russians and Austrians were kind of breaking down, and this is a big deal because this would kind of weaken the alliance against Prussia, which is definitely to Prussia's advantage. However, there would be some initial coordination, and they would attempt to... Ad they, they would advance into southern Silesia. By the way, if you're actually having trouble picturing Silesia, I'd recommend you look it up. I believe there's actually a kind of a rough map of what the area would look like on the... There's various rough maps that you could use as a reference for this point. So kind of after this battle, we would see a series of, like, maneuvers between the Russians and the Prussians. <laughs> Russians, Prussians. There wouldn't be many major battles, however. They w the um, allies of, like, the Russian and Austrians would actually conquer a fortress, which would kind of force the Prussians to flee once again.
And at the same time, that actually the Russians had also reached a port in the area of Pomerania, and they were kind of blockading this Prussian port that was actually very well defended. But they tried to break this and it failed. And because, like, Frederick's order to kind of make the um, garrison defend Brandenburg and withdrawal, the Prussians would conquer this port. This was actually their last port on the Baltic Sea. The reason that this is important is because it both weakened the Prussians drastically by costing one a supply line and kind of made it harder for the British to reach them. And it would give the Russians a huge benefit because now the Russians could supply armies by land. So before this, they kind of had to rely on land, like the Poland area. That's how they got their supplies for the armies, which took a time. But now they could go through the sea to get to Central Europe, which was definitely a game changer and somewhat tipped the balance in a way that it wouldn't guarantee them a victory, but it would make it much. It, was a, it could be considered a decisive balance of power shift. And and now was like when when nearing the end here, it's nineteen sixty two ish. During this after all that stuff went down, at this point, Prussia's army is very small. They have less than like they probably had like I would assume actually no I would I think around probably fifty to like seventy thousand men total something like that, and they didn't really have the men to continue like they had the men to continue fighting, but they don't think they could protect or defend a major advance. Soon enough, they kind of tried, they kind of tried to, how would I say this, basically, the British kind of tried to force Prussia to make it a, how would I say this, like a treaty, yeah, sorry, that's like a brain freeze right there, they tried to make them, make this treaty, they basically said that we're going to withdraw our subsidies, they actually would do that, however, a major, like a major change would be that the current empress of Russia would die in the same, in like pretty early in 1762. And the person who succeeded her, her nephew, was actually a pretty big admirer. He was like a big fan of Frederick. Frederick was a very impressive general, and many people did respect him, including said nephew. He would actually call a ceasefire, slash an armistice, basically, with them. And he would eventually. The way it works is he would move his forces from East Prussia and Pomerania, he would redirect what men he had to go to deal with Denmark. He kind of basically went to threaten Denmark. They would form a treaty that would confirm Prussia's eastern borders and then in northern borders as the way they were pre-war. And Peter would also later he would also medit mediate, not meditate, sorry. He would also kind of like oversee this whole treaty between the Swedish and the Pomer the Swedish and the Prussians that would end the Pomeranian War, which remember I will be covering next. This would kind of see the borders return to as they were. So basically, in this quick stretch, this was a super big benefit for these Prussians as now. They, two of the people who were fighting against them, two of the enemies, were no longer in the war. Now it was more of just an Austrian-Prussian war. The French were still there. However, at this point, because of what happened with Russia and Sweden, France realized that, wait a minute, we don't really need that. That they couldn't, they probably wouldn't get what they were promised. Actually, one second. Fun fact, Peter would actually give Russian troops to Frederick, which is in this like whole series of treaties that would be called the Second Miracle of the House of Brandenburg. So basically, Frederick got really lucky in this war. Not gonna lie, the man got lucky. And France kind of dropped out to another ceasefire. And this would kind of lead to a final battle between the Austrians. And human, I'm going to stop my podcast now. I will be back soon with another podcast on the final parts of the war and then what the after the end of the war meant.
Signing off, everyone. Goodbye, and thanks for listening.